Hey, welcome back for another episode of Transform Your Workplace. It's Brandon Laws, your host. Today's episode is brought to you by Zenium HR. The demands of HR and payroll are, quite frankly, endless. And Zenium provides a complete solution for both so that you can focus on what you do best, which is growing your organization. To learn more about Zenium and its complete HR plus payroll solutions, go to zeniumhr.com. Okay, today's episode, I am excited to share an interview with Melanie Wurzberger. She wrote an ebook about Generation Z, and she's here to provide insights on how employers can prepare their workplaces for Generation Z talent and retain them for the long haul. This is such a unique generation, and Melanie has some great perspective on the business leaders of tomorrow. So listen in. You're going to hear a lot of good stuff out of Melanie's ebook called Company Culture for the Next Generation, how your company can attract and retain Gen Z talent. Enjoy. And if you love this episode or you just like what we're offering, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, hit that five-star rating, give us a review as well. And please follow me on Instagram at LawsBrandon and connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Have a great week. Talk to you next week. Melanie, it is a pleasure to have you on Transform Your Workplace. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk about some research that you did on the next generation, which is Gen Z. They are uh, entering the workplace. I think you are a Gen Zer, if I remember correctly. I am, yes. So what drove you to write this ebook and do the research? Well, you know, I'm a CEO of a startup in the HR space, uh, Shaka, and coming into this space as a young founder, I wanted to position myself as a thought leader and I considered what areas I could really share expertise on. And I found myself in a unique position being that I was born in 1996. I am on the cusp of Generation Z at the very end of the millennial generation. And that kind of gave me a really big insight because I've seen so many HR leaders still talking about preparing their workplaces for the millennial workforce. And I'm like, we are in Gen Z now. We are 25, 26 years old. Uh, We are definitely the majority of the applications on your HR team's desk. And companies need to be preparing for this generation. And also, I'm seeing some real shifts here, uh, not only in the workplace as a whole, because of all the changes going on in the world right now, but part of it is generational shifts. So I used my resources and my connections to reach out to thousands of Gen Zers, survey them, interview them, and put it all together into an ebook and hopefully share some of the insights on the show today. Yeah, I appreciate that. And you know, it's interesting. You sent me this ebook and I, I read it and I saw so many similarities from when I started in the workforce in 2008. And I'm a millennial. And and at that time, I just recall employers and HR professionals are talking about like, how do we, you know, please these millennials? And how do we 
structure the culture and like what do they want and all these things and you know fast forward to to now and we're we're talking about the same thing but it's gen z i mean it's the same probably age group at the time when they're entering the workforce but it's this whole different generation that group on a whole different set of principles with all these different events and their worldview is shaped a certain way and what's one of the biggest perspectives that you've seen when employers are talking about Gen Z now versus maybe millennials and how they talk about them? I don't know how much research you've done on millennials and how much you've thought about that, but is it kind of the same thing? Like they're just trying to really tap into figuring out like, you know, what is, what does this whole Gen Z group want or are we just trying to understand them or what's the differences or the similarities? Yeah, I think the main difference that I've seen and something I've also hoped to have an impact on is unfortunately for the millennial generation, I would say uh, they weren't as well received or people were very quick to make judgments and maybe it was a reluctance towards change. Uh, But with Generation Z and all of the research I've been doing, people are very curious. Um, This is a very different generation and and they're kind of wondering how are they even different than millennials where the shift to the millennial generation seemed more drastic this one seems like it's sneaking up on us yeah um and i think there are some slight differences in these two demographics of course there's always just like a natural shift from age to age it's not like there's a fine hard line right yeah of, okay these people are different than these ones but i think this shift it doesn't seem as dramatically characterized by the audience as the millennial shift was. Well, I think one of the biggest things is technology when it comes to like the big differences between these groups is like millennials, at least for like my age group, I remember a time where there's no technology. And then we're also like, it was come a lot of the cool stuff was coming out when I was in junior high, high school, and even like social media and stuff was really took off when I was in college and, and even in the workforce and Gen Z, it's like, they just grew up with it. Like it was always there. And so they've sort of grown up with all of these communication tools and stuff. Whereas the rest of us, you know, millennials are sort of this hybrid and then the Xers, boomers and all that, they never really had any of that cool technology. And so like the differences I think are so much vaster when you look at the, like the youngest generation to the oldest. And absolutely. That's just my perspective. I don't know what you think about that, but no, I agree with you. I think that the millennial generation having a perspective of what it was like prior, uh, maybe lifts some of the dependencies they put on technology where like this new generation, because it's always been available to them, they are very dependent on them. And um, I think it's something I share in my ebook of like, if things are down for a day at your company, if the internet and access is down, these younger employees are going to be like, well, we can't work. Exactly. Where <laughs> some of these older <laughs> employees might remember how they did it before and be like, okay, well, we can get some things done here. Yeah. But I agree with you. I mean, I think I had a Facebook page in the fifth grade. And oh, before that, you don't really remember <laughs> making friends before the fifth grade, right? Like, we've just had these tools available to us at all times. I think cell phones were always part of my life. I don't remember really relying on a landline that much. So that's crazy because hearing you say that and then I'm like, oh gosh, when I was in maybe fifth grade, I would use the family's landline and then 
if somebody wanted to use the internet or something, it would like start doing the whole like dial up noise and then it would be busy for anybody trying to call in. It was just like, there's so many limitations, whereas now everything's sort of like <laughs> ubiquitous and just in abundance, you know, and it's just, it's, it's funny. Our, our perspectives are so different. Right. And so when things break, Gen Z gets more frustrated, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> Your products and solutions need to work for this generation <laughs> to be happy. So, so true. Where is Gen Z at in their lives right now? You said it's a pretty big group. Are most of them in their 20s? Are they, you know, between their like upper teens and 20? Like what's the age group? Yeah, absolutely. So they are born between the years of 1996 and 2015. It's huge. Yeah, I didn't realize that some publishments will say 1995 to 2017. Some So those years, those edge lines fluctuate uh, depending on what you'll read. But the most common I saw was 1996. And I believe those are 25 year olds. Okay. 2015. So those are, are still really young, like six, seven years old. Right. Um, so my research specifically focused on the oldest group. I, I didn't want to be researching and surveying children. So that's too hard. Yeah. My cutoff was <laughs> 18 years old. The yeah, so you had to at least be 18 years old to participate. Um, yeah. So a lot of the data that I have is from college age students and above, maybe in their first years. Good. Let's center our discussion around that. We'll center our discussion around the 18 and, and older. I, I think that's that's wise because I think a lot of employers who are listening, they're probably like, okay, how do I reach this group? Like, what do they, what do they need? <laughs> Absolutely. What has shaped their worldview? If they're in the 18 to 25 years old range, you know, they've They've got their set of experiences and going to school. Obviously, the last few years we've had COVID pandemic. Like, what are there? Are there certain events that have happened, or just anything that's happened to them throughout their life that would shape the way they look at the workplace? Yeah, uh, the way they look at the workplace specifically, I think it's going to be. Uh, very digital based because like I said, they've had these access to different social platforms for so long. Television has always been a part of their life, movies, uh, <laughs> like different social posts. Uh, so Facebook came out in 2008, the iPhone released in 2007. I mean, these new technologies were some of the biggest pivotal events in their life. When you think about like world events that occurred that they would remember, even 9-11 would be on the edge of does this generation remember it? Yeah. Um, so that's pretty crazy. I mean, the 08 crisis was then again a financial crisis. And being how young they were, a lot of Gen Zers didn't even understand uh, the true impacts it had on our economy. Yeah. So their view of the economy as a whole is 2008 beyond, you know, after that. So for the most part, I actually have a background in finance. The markets have done just fine. Things have grown and expanded during these times, besides a few bumps in the road. So they haven't seen too many economic or political crises here. I think COVID was the very first thing that you'd probably say these Gen Zers are going to look at and be like, oh, we lived through COVID. Right. Uh, So that's pretty crazy to think about. Well, some of them are probably graduating college through it. And I feel bad for those people, like just never getting to experience it the, the way they probably should have. 
Absolutely. But they're being creative and coming up with new ways to celebrate and new ways to create virtual experiences. So that's good. They'll know how to pivot in those emergencies. They've watched us all adapt to it. So um, COVID will certainly have the biggest impact on probably their view of the world there. But yeah, the pictures they've had in the of the workplace in their head have been what they've seen online in movies. So kind of consider that when you're hiring employees. Do the Gen Z generation in in general, do they have a lot of loyalty to like one employer and want to stay there? Or are they going to take the millennial route and kind of hop every couple of years? What have you seen so far or even when talking to some of these folks, like what are they saying? I would say that it's probably going to continue towards shorter tenures at companies. I don't think that's something that will shift backwards. You know, um, I think as technology enables us to see what's out there and to explore other avenues so much that they are still going to continue to jump like millennials will from company to company. And I think that's really interesting for companies who invest a whole lot at the start of the career and hope that it pays off over years and years. I think that HR leaders and business leaders need to come up with ways of ongoing investment in training and learning and and slowly trickle into the the workforce that you have um, because you don't know how long they're going to stay. And also you don't know when they're going to want to change paths entirely. Uh, This generation is very open to trying all new things and like making huge pivots and also having a very individual career path. Like they want it to be very unique to them. So I wouldn't be surprised if I was sitting in an HR leader's role and you hear from someone on the sales team, hey, I'm becoming a developer. I've been taking classes (laughs) online. Can I move on to the CS team, please? Like just these shifts are going to be very different. So it's going to cause changes in in how you need to onboard and train employees. In the ebook, you talked about some of the strengths that this generation has. And I think it's always fun to, to look at some of the strengths that this generation has or any generation for that matter. So we can leverage that in the workplace. And a couple of things stuck out to me. You said that they're entrepreneurial, they're independent, and they're individualistic. And a lot of that to me screams business owner, business leader, uh, might do a solopreneur type of thing, maybe a side hustle while they're employed. What have you seen with this group? You know, are they a lot of them entrepreneurs or um, a lot of them employees inside of a company? Like what, you know, with those strengths, I'm curious how they're going to be successful in the workplace. In my research, I found that 53% of this generation is indicating that they would like to run their own business at some point in their life. Half. Half of your employees at some point (laughs) would like to leave to run their own company. Now, can the world even support that many companies? Who knows? Or will will they become more of an independent contractor age? We'll see. But I think that businesses have an opportunity to position jobs and careers as still entrepreneurship roles. Um, Entrepreneurship is something that has really caught my interest lately. And it's giving your employees ways to innovate and create 
and discover new things and implement new programs within your organization or corporate culture and hopefully retaining them through that and fulfilling their needs to be entrepreneurial and independent by giving them those opportunities within their company. Um, and, you know, they, they do really appreciate financial stability. Uh, so one thing that's kind of counterintuitive to their draw towards entrepreneurialism is this actually is a really financially responsible generation. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I think that uh, money is going to motivate this generation to stay at a company until they feel safe enough to leave and take that leap that they need. So by being able to create entrepreneurship opportunities, they kind of get the best of both worlds. Um, I also think you're going to see a lot of employees ask for maybe part-time roles in what is a formerly traditional full-time career role. They might want to 20 hours a week be at your company and find the stability they need. And then 20 hours, 40 hours a week work on their own thing on the side and be willing to work more than the regular 40 hours, but it's divided between a corporate job and something that fulfills their entrepreneurialism. Yeah, that's interesting. You had said several times throughout the book that life, work and life balance was really important to them. So it sounds like this part-time or flexible schedule thing would be really important to them because then they can work on what they want to work on outside of work or, or just enjoy go hiking go travel whatever they want to do that's that's going to be fulfilling to them is that you, did you find that a lot in the conversations you had absolutely work-life balance was by far the number one request from generation z when i asked what is your number one need at your future workplace they asked for work-life balance and they said they were looking for companies where they could live to work and not work to live or sorry, I said that backwards where they can work to live, not live to work. Right. 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 Um, and, and I thought it was really interesting when I asked them how many hours they expected to work per week. And I actually had 41% of this population say 30 to 40 hours a week. Hmm, Okay. I think that most of us who are in the working world know that you don't really work 30 to 40 hours a week. You work more than that. 40 um, plus. Yeah. Yes, 40 plus. So for 41% of this generation to be expecting 30 to 40, yeah. they're either going to have a, a really negative surprise or they're those employees that I, I'm talking about that are going to say, I'll take a little bit less money to have more of my own free time to work on my own things. What I'm hoping is that they're actually normalizing what's realistic for most of us, which is like, we're not really productive past 40 hours. It's, I think with a 30 hour schedule, you could be really efficient, really productive and have the energy to come back and do it again week after week. And I actually appreciate that, that generation, if that's true across the board, that they want to work less hours. I'm all about productivity, but at some point, productivity drops when you're just kind of grinding it out and generations before them, millennials, Xers, boomers, I mean, we've all worked 40 plus hours and it's not great for our, our productivity and our mental health and all that. Absolutely. And I know we're based in the U.S. Uh, I don't know where all the listeners are based, but as I did 
a lot of this research, I kind of felt like it was a European generation. Yeah, like, you know uh, how the <laughs> Europe has longer vacations and sometimes they understand the work-life balance when you have life changes, like a, a child a little bit better than some of the U.S. companies are focused all on work. And I agree with you. I think that looking at this generation and seeing, okay, you can make this shift for us. Like, please come in and normalize 35, 30 hour work weeks, please do it. And, and look at their strengths with positivity. Um, I think that's the light we want to shed. And I think that they can bring a lot of good things to the workplace. And you know what? They're also very capable. They're very efficient because we've had these tools and technologies in our hands our whole life. They're going to get a lot of work done in 30 hours. They're probably going to be more productive than any former generation in 30 hours. So their productivity likely will not fall despite potentially limiting their hours. So we talked about some of their strengths and it sounds like they're workhorses. They've, they're really efficient, productivity, all that stuff. What are some of the weaknesses that you've seen? Looking into the weaknesses, uh, one that was really interesting to me was every generation gets a shorter attention span. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is very true. And this generation's attention span is eight seconds. That was crazy to me. So you have like eight seconds to be interesting and engaging or you'll lose them. Yikes. It's the TikTok um, I mean, generation. Yes, exactly. TikTok <laughs> generation. So I think about this for marketing. I think about it for managing. I think about it for the university instructors out there right now. Uh, just how interesting and engaging you have to be in. And yeah, how you have to leverage content to keep their intention. And and this is a weakness, you know? I, I mean, you can practice mindfulness and, and try to be able to improve your focus because sometimes things just aren't interesting, but you have to pay attention. And this generation is going to struggle with that. We already discussed a little bit about how technology dependent they are, that when things break down, this generation will likely struggle. So it's important that you're purchasing tools that are really reliable. Um, because if you have a day down, this generation will, will be very frustrated and unproductive. I think one that came up a lot is one of Generation Z's strengths is being pragmatic. But on the reverse side, it can also cause them to be cynical. So pragmatic in the sense that they're very realistic and down to earth in the fact that they understand what's tangibly possible and they can get that through their mind. And that can become, in its extreme cynicism, if you're asking them to do something that seems not feasible, if, if you're putting a project in front of them and you as a manager might know they're only going to accomplish 50% of this, but I'm going to give them a deadline where they can only get 50% done. That is going to frustrate them so much. It's going to make them so angry and they're not going to accomplish any of it because they have no interest in doing something that can't be accomplished or even doing mundane work that has no purpose. Yeah. And a lot of my research showed that. And I think it is a weakness, but it's also not something that can be correctly managed as well. Like always giving these employees a sense of purpose behind their work and understanding that you can't give them something that has no end in sight. Right. Yeah. And I think like if as an employer manager or whatever, you don't share the why behind something 
and they don't ask the right questions or communicate effectively, then I think I could see where they could crumble there. But I think as long as they work really hard on their communication skills and, you know, ask the why behind something, the purpose behind it, or even ask questions about like, Hey, look, this is not feasible to get something done in this amount of time. Like, tell me more about the deadline or just open up a dialogue around it. Cause I could see where somebody silently is kind of suffering and, and gets all mad and, and never does anything about it. Yeah. And I think that you'll see a lot of that silent suffering. Like they are not the, the why age, like the, what's the toddler age where they go through their why stage where they ask why all the time. <laughs> I don't know. My kids still do it. <laughs> <laughs> this generation doesn't do that. If you don't tell them, they'll be like, well, I got to sign this project. I have to do it. They won't ask the why, like, but as a manager, you need to put it out there. Um, I mean, some of the more communicative strong ones might, but I think it's important to know that you have to hand them that why to keep them being driven forward. So this generation, as we talked about, has grown up with technology. And um, if there is an outage of some sort, they'd probably crumble as, as we discussed. But I'm curious because I think technology in a lot of ways is driving mental health issues. Are Is this generation Z, are they comfortable talking about and even working on their mental health? Absolutely. I think that the millennial generation brought the conversation of mental health to the workplace. Um, and this generation is really going to heighten the importance of it. I asked Generation Z what they what they care about in company cultures. And 87% indicated that a company that values their physical and mental health was very important to them in selecting their future job and their future career. So 87% of Generation Z is caring that their company cares about this. So they want their organizations to offer different programs that support them to show that they care about these aspects of their health and well-being. And unfortunately, it is one of the more mentally weak generations, I would say. Research has found that only 45% of Generation Z says their mental health is good or excellent. And that's 11% lower than the millennial generation who brought this conversation to the workforce. So unfortunately, it's getting worse. And and to your point, um, a lot of fingers get pointed towards technology and towards social media and the gaps that are being formed in humanity because of it. And I didn't do too much research on the source, but I do know that they care about it and they care about it a lot. And it's going to continue to be a bigger problem for HR, a bigger focus, a bigger need for benefits, and probably a bigger cost on your company's insurance lines is going to be mental health benefits. Yeah, they probably want something like a therapist built into your, your benefits program or something, right? Absolutely. I've seen that telehealth. Um, I've seen different like companies now offering headspace, access to headspace application. One thing that we do at my company, our application offers uh, wellness challenges. So you can do like team-based wellness challenges. And I've had companies run mindfulness challenges where they, they literally challenge employees to see how many times a day can you just stop and do something that's good for your mindfulness and give them points for that or physical health challenges like walking challenges, just 
different ways to show that you invest in in more than just how much can you produce for a company, but also like how are you as a person doing? Besides employers supporting with mental health, what are, I don't know if there's like a couple non-negotiables that like Gen Z, if they're going to come work for you, you absolutely have to have this, whether it's, you know, certain amount of money or perks or benefits or something about the culture. Is there anything that stuck out to you about the needs of them? Um, so we highlighted work-life balance, which was by far highest number. So I, I don't want to forget to mention it again because <laughs> it was definitely top priority. Um, but one thing that stood out to me as, as very surprising was a large amount of this generation, 84%, said that they value having clear expectations for success in their job. And again, we ask other questions about how um, to make them productive in projects and would they rather have the freedom to figure a project out on their own and have someone available for help or to have clear procedures laid out. And what surprised me was everything pointed towards they want an outline of how to have success in projects, in their roles, take step A, step B, and step C outlined. And that surprised me because the strengths we found indicated that they were very independent and entrepreneurial. Uh, But I think they don't like to disappoint. Um, And so having very clear job expectations for these employees will be important and having clear paths for them of like, you can take this step next if you achieve X, Y, and Z at our company. Um, it doesn't always have to be a straight ladder upwards, but outlining for them their career progression opportunities and the expectations for them to be able to achieve a move or achieve a promotion or a raise is going to be really important. Um, it seemed like a really big non-negotiable when I was doing my research. I don't know. Is Does that sound... You you said you are a millennial. I am. Yeah. Uh, does that sound similar to what you experience with your colleagues? Do do they appreciate saying you need to do steps A, B, and C? Yeah, I don't. Everybody's built so different, but similarly, and like it's funny. Like you you've said certain things, and I'm like, maybe that just could be a point in time in their age and and just growth, like the mental health. Like maybe they're just, um, for example, like maybe they're just they're at such a youthful age that they're just not like they, their brains haven't developed the way some of us older people have or something. And, and we all kind of go through that as, as time goes on. And so uh, some of this is, it's funny to put people in buckets and say what they need and, and all that. But I think it just shifts over time. And I think these groups help push us in the right direction as far as like trying to like ask them, what do they need and, and get them what they need? Because I mean, we're trying to find talent at the end of the day and, and have a great workplace. And it's really important to talk about these things, I think. And I know it's not really answering your question, uh, probably, but I just think it's fascinating to talk about because we're trying to make workplaces better at the end of the day and make a, a safe place for them to come work. And so they could be the best version of themselves. And we got to talk about this, you know? I agree with you. And and like you said, putting people in buckets, it doesn't always 
hold true for every individual. And also you're right. It might be the age they're at. Like I said, my data is from 18 to 25 year olds and maybe they just need to develop more confidence before they feel comfortable not having clear expectations and guidelines for success. Yeah. But other ways, like you said, it's important to, to try and create the optimal workplace where they can succeed and where they want to stay. Because like we're saying, we're looking at a generation that will probably be just as not sticky as things are looking right now. Um, And another thing I found that they really cared about is being able to have a personal life at work. So 77% of Generation Z cares about making friends at work. And just about the same amount, 76% said it was important that their manager know them as an individual and a person. So they really want to get to know their colleagues on a personal level. And I think that this is scary to Gen Z right now because we're looking at all these companies going hybrid and remote forever. And and yeah, that's awesome. It's flexible. We're like, yeah, we want that. We want that flexibility. But also, how am I going to get to know people? And how am I going to get to make friends at my future job? And I think that's scary to Gen Z right now. Yeah, if they had it their way, would they work remote? Would it be in the office or hybrid? I mean, it sounds like most people want hybrid because they do want the connection still in person. But is there is Gen Z saying anything different? I think the amount of Gen Zers that are saying they want totally remote is much lower. So huh, okay. um, my research found that only 2% of my, I surveyed thousands of my respondents, only 2% wanted fully remote jobs. Yeah. Like what? 43% wanted to be in an office and 55% wanted some sort of hybrid yeah. version where they could work from where they wanted in the office. And again, I think that maybe it's not just generational, but the age and the period of their life they're in right now. They don't have as many responsibilities at home. They want to be at work, building their professional network, making those friends, being able to be trained in person. Just the culture events that go on in person are way different. Like think about who attends the company happy hours. It's probably the 25-year-olds that are the majority of them. Hey, 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 the mid-30s love happy hours too, right? (laughs) It's an escape from my kids. (laughs) That's hilarious. But yeah, so, so they're wanting hybrid options, of course, like everyone else, but... Uh, being in the office is definitely a value that they see. So I'll touch on one more thing and then I'll let you go because I've kept you a little long. Um, development opportunities, career opportunities. Has the Gen Z in, in your research talked about what they want out of this? I mean, I know at that age, it's kind of tough because you're kind of right out of school for those that graduated college or even went to like a you know, master's program, graduate program, something like that. And so they're sort of lifelong learners. And they get out and what do they need from a development standpoint at that point? Or do they sort of have an idea from a career path perspective, what they need to do to develop? Or are they looking to their employer for that? Like, what do they need? Yeah. So I think the thing that stood out the most to me is they really would like mentors. Um, and I don't know if that is because colleges right now are offering more mentor programs. Even high schools have mentor programs. And so maybe it's something that they're more used to. But when I asked what would help you develop at your company, uh, 95% of Gen Zers indicated that they wanted a mentor. 
So I don't know actually what the percentage is out there of how many companies are running their own mentorship programs. And maybe for smaller organizations, they have to reach outside of their organization to find a good, solid mentor for someone in a, a specific role. But a mentorship program was certainly the way they looked towards how can I develop myself. And they also really indicated an interest in attending conferences and events and courses, taking extra courses. Like we said, we've always had access to online resources. We're used to learning things on YouTube. Yeah, yeah that's what I figured. <laughs> Think about how much you, everything from one, how to code to how to put on makeup and hair in the morning. They go to YouTube and Instagram for tutorials online classes, subscriptions to like Coursera, Masterclass, those are going to be great little perks or benefits that you could offer employees who are looking for new ways to learn. And um, hopefully we can go back to more conferences. I'm attending a conference next month. And I think it's going to be a generation that wants to go to those things, to those industry events and network with people that share their interests because like we said, they like being individuals. They like being experts in a little niche. So these small workshops that they can get to in person, uh, they really want their companies to sponsor them. And, and I know a lot of companies are starting to offer like you have $500 a year to travel to these things or $1,000 a year. And sometimes it's just small amounts and those might cover just those online courses. And some companies can afford larger ones where you can actually send them to conferences. And Gen Z really expressed an interest in this. So I think that's a good tip for HR leaders who are looking for perks that they could pop in. I think a masterclass pass is like yeah. $200 a year or something. So I, think it's great. I don't know, but don't quote me on that, but it, <laughs> it might be um, a really good option of a new benefit to offer. Yeah. Well, Melanie, this has been a blast. Um, I think the timing of this ebook is great too, because I don't know if you've heard, but I know you have because you're in the HR space. But you know, they're talking about the Great Resignation, or the turnover tsunami, all you know, whatever these buzzwords are for, just like this mass exodus of people like leaving their jobs and stuff. And I know that employers who are listening here are probably going to be trying to recruit for Gen Zers, so. Thanks for the insight. I know that, that you're going to bring a lot of value to people who are trying to attract this group of people and, and just also to prepare for when they do hire Gen Z and, you know, how do, how do we make them feel welcome and belong and, you know, what do they need? So I appreciate you coming on to the show and, and shedding light on that. So anything that you want to say in parting or anything about where people connect with you, anything like that? Absolutely. I would love to share um, my book with them. It is available right now on the Kindle store. Um, we'll be doing more releases in a couple of months, but right now that's where it's available. Um, it's called Company Culture for the Next Generation. I think if you just search Company Culture and Gen Z, it, it comes up in the Kindle store. Uh, but if they want to email my team at contact.joinshaka.com, we'd be happy to send them the chapter they're most interested in. So I could send them a list of kind of here's our topics and we'll send them the chapter they're most interested in for free. Uh, so yeah, that's contact.joinshaka.com. Nice little perk for your listeners if they 
want some specific data, we're happy to share it. And hopefully uh, if they want the whole book, they can go find it on the Kindle store. Melanie, thanks for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Of course. Thanks for having me. Have a great day.